Welcome back to the Passport Podcast. This is episode 26, The Quickening. <laughs> what is that one from? Uh, that is from Hellraiser uh, Part 2. I wish I knew more sequels, but then I'm glad I don't. I wrote the note down about where it's from, and I can't remember where it is. <laughs> I think it's Hellraiser 2 or something. You write it on a sticky note outside your car? <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Uh, somebody Google it real quick, okay. and we'll be, we'll be accurate about it. But this is our second episode of the month, hopefully, if we get it released on time. And this episode is going to be jam-packed with us talking about sitcoms mm-hmm. from the 90s, from the 80s, or maybe not from the 80s. We all picked our three favorite sitcoms from the time when we grew up in the 80s and 90s, and um, I guess we'll just get it started. Yeah. So, well, who are we? Yeah. What do we do? Who is this guy? What? Did I not say that already? It's okay. It doesn't matter. So, uh, this is Wes Allen. Underpants. This is Colin Harmon. I don't have a fun rebuttal, but that was fun to watch. <laughs> And I'm Corey Draper, and sorry, I just completely forget to in, uh, introduce ourselves. It's okay. But we'll uh, leave it going. Yeah. Sitcoms. Yeah. We have our top three favorites. Yes. And this is sitcoms that are only in the 80s or 90s. Yeah, for the most part. And we kind of talked, we usually don't talk about our choices when we do these things ahead of time, so we leave surprise, but we talked about them this time, so we'll pick different ones. Uh, so I feel like some of them reserved some of the ones I wanted, but well, you know, what are you going to do? There's a little overlap in quality. That's okay. That's all right. So who wants to go first on their sitcoms? Uh, I'll go with my first one. Cause I feel like I could talk about it for the entire episode if okay. I'm not careful. Uh, so for me, uh, Seinfeld by and large is my absolute favorite, uh, sitcom from that time period. Like I watched, I have have multiple times watched every episode in the season and I think for me, it's just so quotable. Like I'm already a huge Jerry Seinfeld fan, probably because of the show, and thus like going forward for comedians and cars getting coffee and all the other things that he's done for his specials. I've just really enjoyed it, and I think Seinfeld, for whatever reason, because there's no cell phones in it, like where which would solve most of their problems. Like I think it's just a magical time capsule of like the '80s and '90s and like single life in New York, and it's fantastic. I, I feel like we could all agree that Seinfeld would probably be our number one. Well, yeah, Colin, way to go outside the box with your first one. Well, yeah, I really tried to make <laughs> really it something obscure that you guys wouldn't one. probably choose. Right, right. Very obscure. Yeah. <laughs> you may have heard of it. <laughs> but, I mean, of course, Seinfeld makes the list. I mean, how could it not? Yeah. It's just, it still holds up. I mean, obviously, if you take into account they don't have cell phones and that could solve 90% of the problems they have on yeah. the on on the series, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's just... You, it, it still has replay power, except for maybe season one. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of the beginnings of it, but it's yeah, still really comes finding their way. It. You could say that about any sitcom. That's really. true. That's a good point. It comes into its own, and it is iconic, and it spawned off, you know, Seinfeld obviously, but Larry David, who then made Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is basically like a more serious Seinfeld. Yeah, which is all improv. Did you know that? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty which fun is, thing. Which is really cool. Do you feel like you watched Seinfeld as a kid, or do you feel like you kind of? Appreciated it more later. Um, I watching it again recently. I realized how many of like the two layer jokes in that innuendo wise that I kind of missed, um, which is actually you know is a testament to their ability to write for multiple audiences, whether that was intentional or not. But I know there's a lot of it that I felt was really funny as a kid. I remember watching it with my parents, um, and I remember watching um, the final episode and when where they end up getting in jail and all kind of stuff like that. And I thought that was really. Like, I was almost sad that it was done because I felt like they were on such a high, which is brilliant that they finished it when they did. Like, you know, season nine 
that's what they had to do. But um, I, I respect them for cutting out when they are on the high rather than like dragging it out way too long. That always feels sad for me when shows have just gone yeah. way past their prime. And you're like, oh, they're still chugging away. That's another thing. A sitcoms, oftentimes they were really rough at the beginning and then they just waited till like it was just like running it into the ground and it was just awful. And you're just like, can you please stop? Yeah. So it's like most of these sitcoms, you don't really know how they ended because you kind of bailed on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they keep making them. Uh, as long as they make money, right? So they it gives them a steady job when they make them, True. and they don't want to get rid of them. So a lot of times they go way longer than they need to, and people start to lose interest, and then they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. Yeah. But uh, Seinfeld, man, they went out on top. Yeah. That's for sure. I always wonder with uh, shows like Seinfeld, when they kind of had like a little bit of a rockiness at the top, that would they have been canceled in like nowadays competitive television space? Because, like, you feel like you have some shows that just barely make it past the first five, six episodes, you know, whatever they shot for a pilot. And then if they don't get good reviews right away, like, do they just can it right away? Like, it's gone? Or I wonder if it would have survived, you know, if it came out in 2015. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to think about. Very interesting. All right. I think my my number one is definitely Boy Meets World. I've said this on the podcast before, but my absolute kind of shows and movies are definitely coming of age stories. And I feel like Boy Meets World was the ultimate coming of state of, of age story. Besides Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's of age. Yeah, he made it. And most other shows felt like more situational themes, but I, f- like, I feel like Full House and Step by Step was more of a show about how people, how a family lived together in one house. Yeah, how and weird their neighbors were. All the troubles they have with that. But I feel like Boy Meets World was a lot more focused. It, it always came back to how things affected Corey Matthews. And I really always related to Corey a ton because we were kind of a similar age and similar personality. And I feel like anything that he was going through, I was also going through. And because uh, the show followed him going through middle school and college, like those were like the time periods that I really watched the show. And I feel like it really allowed itself to evolve. Like I feel like it kind of started off like as a kid show and then it kind of morphed more into like a teenage show. And then like the comedy really upped the ante. Like Mm. they really evolved super well with how the audience was growing with it. And I feel like a lot of shows don't really stray from their format. Like, I feel like Full House and Family Matters, like, you always knew what to expect with their formats. Like, with Full House, you always had, like, a little piano jingle yeah, at the end. I get and, that. But I feel like the humor grew, and it really, the humor of it was really different from most other shows. Hmm. Well, it felt like it grew with the like age, actors. The age, the age of them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like Eric, like he started off like kind of as a cooler other, older brother, mm-hmm. but as the show went along, he really focused on his comedy, and he was such an idiotic person that it was so funny. <laughs> He's a lot like, uh, that seems to happen often in sitcoms where you have a character that starts to be a little dumb, and that's yeah. their, I mean, it happened with The Simpsons and Homer, I mean, and it happened with Friends and Joey. Yeah. The dumb character gets like super dumb, like like goes way over the top by the yeah. end of the show. But. He's the Kramer too. And it's yeah. like even Mr. Feeney like grew with this comedy. Like someone that like you really didn't like on the show at first because he was like the teacher and the principal. Mm-hmm. But as it went along, like he almost became like one of the kids almost where it's like he had his own like comedic timing mm. and personality and everything. Yeah. 
And it's without a doubt the show that I would probably wa- like if I was stranded on a desert island, I would want to bring <laughs> that series with me because I feel like I can. Wa- I probably watched it at least five or six times the whole series through. Wow, it really was a great show, and I mean, I obviously was drawn to it because the main character's name was Corey. Naturally. So you know, as a young kid, and so also you, they were around our age. But what do you mean well, by that? You, well, you, well, you know, my name, my name's Corey. Oh, I don't know if right. you. Have we not? Have we not gone over He's that? Not wearing Did I forget tag. that again? He's not wearing the name tag today. Yeah, sorry, but um, I mean, just I mean, beyond that, it was just a great show. I mean, it was one of those where it wasn't too cheesy, like Full House. I mean, it was a little cheesy. I mean, yeah. it's going to be. It's a family yeah. show, but uh, I feel like the 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 adult role models were better. Like in Mr. Feeney is a wise older guy, and it's not kind of. Uh, Full House cheesy wrapped up, like wrap everything yeah. up at the end. At least I know some of it was in Boy Meets World, but there was a little bit more real issues in that one too. So hmm. it's a good choice. And I have a framed picture of Mr. Feeny on my desk as <laughs> my daily true. inspiration. That you do. Is he, he still does. alive, He's by my, the way? That's I think so. A terrible question to ask about I guarantee somebody. he probably still is. I think he yeah. is. Yeah. Everybody loves Mr. We Feeney. We would feel his spirit leaving the world. I can't believe 2016 didn't take Mr. <laughs> Feeney. It took a lot of other good ones, but yeah. Yeah, he that survived. W- that would have been the last straw. <laughs> okay, well, Colin, I'm going to go completely opposite of you and go really obscure. My okay. number one is Friends. Oh, I've heard. Wait. Yeah, I've heard of that. You know, it's a little-known sitcom in mm-hmm. the 90s <laughs> where it was about these six people who were friends mm-hmm. together, hence the name. Uh, friends is the top of my list. I mean, obviously... It's, it's not the very top. My favorite sitcom, I think, is The Simpsons of yeah. all time. But we are kind of the rules we're going here is by a live studio audience, three camera setup sitcom, yeah. uh, as, as you know it. And so if I can't say The Simpsons and I can't say Seinfeld, I'll go ahead and say Friends. <laughs> um, You're putting a lot of restrictions on yourself. Yeah, I know, right? But no, Friends, it, now that's one of those that went too long. I would it say went, so. Um, it, it went probably two or three seasons too long there but man in its prime it was so funny yeah and i remember it had the stigma of kind of being a girly show so like when i think I, that's why i watched it less i was always a, like yeah my sister was obsessed with it but yeah. i never really got into it in its prime i mean i was i was kind of a little embarrassed to admit that i watched it but once i got into it man it's so funny i loved chandler he was like my hero he's who you wanted to be he was who i wanted to Is be he you test at us on bud feet Budfeed. Bud Buzzfeed. <laughs> yes. The Friends Wrong got website. <laughs> the yeah. Friends Bud? Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Breadwashed. It's fine. It's Friends-themed Buzzfeed. Yeah. I get it. So, totally. But no, people, I mean, even kept, my friends in middle school kind of called me Chandler just because I guess they, I had some qualities of him. Mm-hmm. But um, I loved his sarcastic humor and it was, I just, I loved friends it was and its story arcs were interesting the characters it was kind of not revolutionary i wouldn't say it used that term i mean it kind of was mm-hmm. but it was very modern at least at the time it's very 90s if you go back and look at it yeah but at the time man it kind of was like the 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 clothes that they wore in that show the hairstyles that they had on that show that was the clothes and hairstyles you would eventually see everybody else have yeah that is true so they were trend setting pretty were well there trend setting and the rachel it was i had it <laughs> we all had it. <laughs> um, it was it was coming out of the popularity of Full House and TGIF and you know the family shows. Yeah, it was more serious, and um, I mean it, the writing was just so good. And I think it still holds up if you go back and watch it. If you've never watched it before, I definitely recommend watching Friends. Yeah, the whole thing's on Netflix, right? Uh, yes, it is. yes, it is. The entire series is on mm-hmm. Netflix. So watch seasons one through seven or eight. Yeah. And I think you can if you want to just turn your life off for a while, you can yeah. go and watch them all back to back. Let's get a really big bag of chips. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Did you guys? I mean, you guys didn't really get into Friends at all. I watched said, it a bunch, but I, I actually watched it more recently. Like my wife just watched all the way through all of it, and so I was exposed to a lot more of it in the sense of it was on while I was in the house, but it's usually while I was working on other stuff, or I was rarely sitting down and watching it with her. Not because I wasn't necessarily interested in doing it, but because I just didn't prioritize it. Like it was kind of the same mentality of when I was younger. I was like, ah, this show's not really for me, I guess. Yeah. And so I just didn't, like, I didn't want to start from the beginning. I didn't want to jump into the middle. So I was like, ah, well, it's kind of like how I watched them when they were syndicated on TV. Like I watched one here and there. And so I knew some of the lines, I knew all the characters, but I didn't have the greater story arc in my brain. So I'm like, all right, where are we in the season? Who's dating who? What's happening? Yeah. I was kind of the same way. Kind of my knowledge of it. Yeah. Um, and it did make me want to live in New York. So, <laughs> yeah, I never had that pull. Uh, I don't think yeah. I ever want to live in New York. But Seinfeld had the same. It did for make me. it look really. It, lo- it made it look uh, attainable. Hey, these you know single women have this gigantic <laughs> New York apartment that looks beautiful. It yeah. must be affordable to live right in. next to their best friends. Yeah. yeah, right next to their best friends. Seriously, the fact that they never explained like how they were fully able to afford that is just kind of frustrating. I mean, I know like Chandler made money, and we don't know why, and like well, that was yeah. given. The apartment was given for whatever reasons, yeah. but you can't get that. Yeah, it was being like a waitress. <laughs> Monica inherited it, but they never. I mean, yeah. they still have to pay money. I don't know if it was paid in full. They never really truly. But, you know, it's probably best they ate. Yeah, they didn't obsess about it. Sitcoms, you know. You're right. Uh, All right, so my second one uh, has to be Home Improvement. And that is a show that I watched uh, pretty religiously. Like, that was the show that I look forward to watching with my family. Like, we would all, like, have dinner early that night to specifically be able to sit down and watch that together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he could do that way better he, than me. He's got um, it down. Yeah. I've been practicing for years. Um, <laughs> alone. Really sad. Um, but that, like, Tim Allen, uh, I mean, that kind of, like, saved his career in its own weird way. Um, you know, just given, like, the situation he had before that. But, like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Zachary Ty Bryan and the other one <laughs> and, like, and Richard Carn. Like, I think that's what's pretty crazy when you think of, like, the careers that it launched for them. And then kind of fizzled out. But I thought it was like a – it was just such a fun thing because my dad was totally the guy that was like always trying to fix stuff in our garage. Like would be like, oh, I can totally fix that. Now, granted, my dad was just like trying to make it work and not make it like be jet propelled. But <laughs> like Binford 6100, everything. Like I just loved the idea of the show. It was it was fun. Yeah, I feel like it had so many like little iconic things about like Wilson and like mm-hmm. I feel like you could really mm-hmm. relate. Mm-hmm. Like everybody mm-hmm. could relate to something with us. Like if you're a dad, you relate to Tim, or you could like with us, we could probably relate to like one of the three sons. Mm-hmm. Like Al Borland for me, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I don't think so, Wes. Here's your you beard get your flannel game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to yeah. get the beard there. Yeah, you're working on the Al Borland beard. I am. It's good. Uh, Home Improvement was great. I mean, that's another one I would have chosen had you Mm not. But it's, uh, I mean, the wit on that. It was my dream at that time to have a wife that was that witty and that, like, I could, (laughs) that, like, we could go back and forth with. And I mean, my my wife actually does a great job standing up to my playful insults. So (laughs) she actually is. Is that why you call her Jill? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I call her, yeah. I mean, her name isn't Jill, but I call her that because it's easier. Yeah. Um, well, she is going through school just like Jill did. Oh, true, true, true. Um, but I mean, it was it was so 
fun to me. I, you, like, you never see, especially not at that time, you did not see that kind of dynamic between a husband and a wife where it's like they're firing shots back at each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it was she, pretty she's on a, Yeah, she's on an equal level that Tim is. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It just had it had great humor on it. Yeah. yeah. It Home, also, Home Improvement had the best Halloween episodes. Like, that's not a, a doubt. They yeah, had they such because they would always like TV shows in the '90s did this with sitcoms is that they 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 used Halloween as an excuse to put pranks on each other. Mm-hmm. Like it was yeah. just like a prank war. For some reason, they used Halloween as that time to do that. Like Roseanne did that too. Yeah, there's a couple things about it too that I feel like are uh, keystone, even in some weird way, to who I am now. And, like, I loved how predictable certain parts of the show is. Like, they kind of use some of the same antics and some of the same, like, joke premises. Like, there was always a Wilson joke where he actually gives good advice, but then Tim tries to, like, bring it back in and teach somebody else and blows it. Like, there was always something going wrong in the television show. There was always something weird with the kids, something in the garage that's going wrong. There was, like, a lot of formulaic jokes, but they were never repeats. Yeah. Which I thought was actually really brilliant. Like, all the setups were very similar, but Mm -hmm. all the deliveries were very different. It never got old. And so I think that's what, for me, I really was like, man, they're doing the same things, and I actually like really like it. The second thing uh, that relates more to my actual job now is like all the very graphical transitions and rotoscoping and things like that they did where like you know the house would fall down and the scene would be there, or like yeah. different things would happen, like how they transitioned from different sequences was I don't know if any other that show has cool. done that yeah, to this true. day, and granted, it was like you know looking back, there were parts of it that were kind of gimmicky or silly or cheesy, but yeah. there was like. There was like, for me, I'm like, ah, someone has to go and do that. Like someone has to go and make, like take that scene, still frame it, cut this all out, and then like make it flip down in 3D space. Like that would be a fun job. This is before After Effects exists. And a lot of time it was an an extension of whatever joke had just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was like one of those things where I'm like, oh, so graphics and design and doing like video editing can be a humorous part of the video. Not just make sure it stitches all the video jokes together. So that was a fun like in, insight for me that I didn't necessarily have the ability to articulate then, but I feel like I benefit from it now in some weird way. And let's be honest, without home improvement, would we have Jonathan Taylor Thomas as the voice of Simba? And would we have Tim Allen as the voice of Buzz Lightyear? No, I mean, it's really true. I mean, he saved the, that show saved like Tim Allen's career, I feel like, because he was a drug addict. Like, yeah. It yeah. was like cocaine or something, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. but he was hilarious. So they're like, right, well, be a family man then. We'll try and save you that way. Yeah. So it worked out. All right. My next one is the Drew Carey show. And first off, in my humble opinion, probably other than Fresh Prince, has the best TV intro of any other show. It is Nick, a good one. Absolutely. As the presidents of the United States of America singing Cleveland Rocks, mm-hmm. and they're doing the whole cast is doing a little dance number in Cleveland. So I, I well, love that intro so thank much. Thank you for going off the uh, off the trail, so to speak, or I guess off the beaten path. <laughs> Unlike me and Colin, who uh, we're very mainstream. The, yeah, mainstream. <laughs> I, I I like this choice. And the first season suffered like most comedy shows because I feel like when comedians get their own show, they just kind of use it as an excuse to just interject their comedy routine into the format of the show. Yeah. Uh, like the whole point of a plot was to get from joke to joke from right. their normal routine. I feel like John Mulaney's show really suffered from that, yeah. especially Ooh. when you know their routine. That was just painful. Like, uh, this bit again. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But I watched this show in middle and high school, and it was a very adult-themed show. 
that I got, it was one of the only adult themed shows that I super got into. And unlike Boy Meets World, I didn't really directly relate to anybody on it, but it made it, made it easy for me to think of, of a head to the next phase in my life, like after college and all of that, which thankfully didn't end up anything like it did on the show. Uh, but the show had like such a great cast of people that were just naturally funny because most of them ended up being regulars on Whose Line Is It Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, as well as like Craig Ferguson, who has his own late night show. And now Drew Carey is the host of Price is Right, which is crazy. That is crazy. Oh, so, yeah. Without Drew Carey's show, would Drew Carey be the pro host of Price is Right? <laughs> and he actually has a neck now, which is kind of yeah. weird, I guess. I think, he downlo- I think he downloaded it, yeah. yeah. I've been there. I've seen it. But, yeah. Uh, it was slide. just such a show that – yeah, it was a show that like it's weird to re- it's so hard to revisit because it's not on anything. It's like you can only get the first oh, yeah. season on on DVD. It's not really in syndication or anything. Yeah, it, it did for a little bit, but yeah, it was a really good show. For it me. was a, it was a really good and, and witty show. I mean, it had the dynamic between him and Mimi, which was always funny. The kind yeah. of their mm-hmm. rivalry. Which, I mean, obviously ended up kind of being friends, but it was kind of like an early Jim and Dwight kind of rivalry. Yeah, exactly. Drew and Mimi. Clever. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, remember, like, her very, like, flashy makeup and her iMac, her, like, early, like, bright oh, yeah. or whatever color mm-hmm. iMac. And she would always have troll dolls on her yeah, desk yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. Anyway, it yeah. was it was a really well done show. Yeah, kind of came out of nowhere. One. So, yeah. good choice, Wes. I'm going to go to my second one. Which, again, it's super, super um, mainstream. Mm. It's Frasier. Mm-hmm. It went 10 seasons, I think. It went really long. And I think what I like the most about it is how intelligent the humor was. This was... Yeah, I think, highbrow. I think there's a theme... I think in the that's his that, main reputation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. But it's like... I, I, think there's, I think there's a theme that we're choosing our favorites where it's, they kind of buck the trend... Um, yeah, well, at least with some of the ones that we chose of, of typical sitcoms. And this was one of them where it was very highbrow. And it's kind of like the opposite of King of the Hill. And let me explain that. So King of the Hill <laughs> was <laughs> this show about rednecks in Texas. Uh-huh. So you don't expect King of the Hill to be really that relatable or that funny. Mm-hmm. But it was hilarious. Yeah. And it was heartwarming. And it was – and it yeah, it was – it was a great show. So the so Frasier is about these like upper class white dudes, um, a radio host, and I mean it's Kelsey Grammer, right? Yeah. So you don't expect that to be funny, but it really was. Mm-hmm. Like if you sit down and watch this, which this is also on Netflix. If you sit down and watch Frasier all the way through, I mean, really witty writing, very intelligent humor, but like not too intelligent to make you think it's pretentious. Um, if you can get over. Kelsey Grammer. I know a lot of people think he is just a pretentious in general, but um, he plays into it in, yeah, in that it's, show. It's kind and, of his role in that show. Yeah. And it also probably went longer than it could have. But I think what I really love about it is it's like probably the most successful spinoff ever. Yeah. Or one of them because. Of Cheers. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey Grammer played Fraser Crane for 20 years. Which wow. Is that is mind crazy blowing. to think about. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was on Cheers for 10 or so years and then he was on Fraser right after that for yeah. 10 or so years. And it's just a really cool, successful spinoff that it, you just don't see. And, uh, yeah, I just love it. That is crazy. That's a really – I hadn't thought about the fact that, like, 20 years for one character, that's a really long time. Yeah. But, I mean, he always did just fine, and I'm sure he's, like, stuffing his mattress with money. Some Frasier nickels. For sure. Um, so that's awesome. I have never seen an episode of Frasier really? at all. Pick it up. I, I recommend yeah. it. It's a good one. Yeah. I is. mean, as with every it show. It was always it, a thing that it was almost intimidating to watch because I knew that it had very, like, intelligent humor and everything. Mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, I'm not that smart. As with every show, says it has you. its you. It, it has its peaks and valleys, especially in the beginning. It takes a little bit of time to get off, but it's got a uh, it's got a good format. Yeah, it has like titles to chapters and things like that. So, yeah, um, yeah, I recommend it still. It's a good one. Uh, all right, for my last one of three, uh, this one was a tougher one to pick, but uh, I'm gonna go. I almost picked that '70s show because I really loved that show. Uh, I almost picked Married with Children. Because I watched that a lot, even though I probably wasn't supposed to. You are definitely not supposed to. Yeah. But uh, if we're picking my favorites, my third would be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes. And uh, and that show I watched a ton. Me too. Like a lot. For some reason, it was like always on whatever the CW was back then. Like I feel like I watched that over and over. Like they would do like back-to-back episodes or it was always on in the middle of the night. Like I don't know who – they were paying off to make that show constantly on television or have its own channel, basically. But I would always do my whenever I would do my homework, it'd always be on TV. So yeah. it's like I made a ritual of doing my homework while watching Fresh Prince. Yeah, and I think what was so fun about it is like watching Will Smith, who at the time, like him and Jazzy Jeff, were like already doing pretty well in like their actual rap career. So for yeah. him to get a show um, was to kind of be like, all right, can you jump from you know this stereotype about you? And what people might say in this, you know, up and coming, uh, I guess, rap culture to like having a television show and doing comedy and like having a whole different style of what uh, he would bring to the table. And, you know, obviously he went on to do movies and blah, 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 blah. But uh, I thought that was a really um, fun premise to bring him like his whole story as he comes from Philly and then he comes to L.A. Right. And that's where he meets a lot of people. I thought that was just a fun um, way to go about it, and one of the most iconic and memorable theme songs of oh, all yeah. time. Yeah. My goodness! Which like you were, it were, like if you could recite that, you were like in the cool kids crowd. Like if well, you knew it by heart. Yeah, hour. and I mean by now, it's like one of those things where it's like now everybody knows it. Yeah. yeah. But back then, if you knew it, it was like it yeah. was impressive. Yeah. You got to impress your match. friends with it. Yeah. If you can learn verse two of that, you're doing really well. Oh, yeah. see, yeah, I don't even know that that's, one. That's the tricky one. I, yeah. I, I always I, felt like Will Smith has like three. He's like three different people to me. Like he's one Fresh Prince, and then he's the n- the later rapper of like Big Willie style, mm-hmm. and then now he's the d- the dramatic Will Smith. So I feel like yeah. he and I don't ever Seven view pounds. him as the same person throughout all those phases. Yeah. Well, he showed his acting chops in that show. I mean, they had some emo- oh, some yeah. emotional episodes, like when Carlton gets shot and like the the OD on the drugs and all those things. Yeah. Um, when was really... the last time he's done a comedy? Was it like Men in Black 3 or something Probably, like that? Yeah. Probably. Um, and this one, I think, is what's interesting to me, which I don't want to like cut into where we're going to go next. But um, what I first realized in, in Fresh Prince and realized it happened in a lot of other shows is that there was a lot of multi-generational families, like generations living in that house. So like you think of like the little kids, like... Will and Carlton and then the parents all lived in the house together, which I wonder if in some weird way gave us as like millennials permission to like live with our parents maybe longer <laughs> than what the generation maybe. before just would have been blame like, it all okay on with. Fresh Prince. I mean, like there's other shows that had very similar things, yeah. which we'll probably talk about. But I thought that was a very interesting thing to think about. Like it kind of just like, oh, it made it cool. Like they lived in the pool house. Yeah. Like they had their own thing. But it's like, not in the house. It's outside the house. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, so anyways, that was just an, in- we can talk more about that at some point maybe, but I thought that was just an interesting thing I, to I could go on and on about this show, about the the great comedic devices they used, um, mm-hmm. but. Always getting thrown out the porch. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, 
good. It's like the handshake. And the Carlton. The, yeah, the, yeah. Carlton dance. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Legendary. So, uh, and I think I've mentioned this podcast before. How upset I was when OJ was on the freeway in his white Bronco because it interrupted Fresh Prince. Oh, <laughs> I was so upset. Right? I was Fresh like, "Where Prince. are you going with this?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, because d- did he show up on the show or something? Uh, like, yeah, no. He goes was, by. I was in the middle of watching a new episode of Fresh Prince on NBC, and then OJ had to drive in his. <laughs> what do I care about Bronco, this football player for? And then they cut away from it, and I'm like, "Oh, they're just showing us this. They'll come back to it." And then it was like an hour, and mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah, all night. Yeah. So that was <laughs> that That's was hilarious. my memory of OJ. By the way, it was just that. <laughs> you ruined Thanks my time with it. Fresh Prince. Yeah. All right, my last one is uh, Family Matters, and I think Family Matters holds the most nostalgia for me than any mm. show. It's like I remember TGIF was such a huge event every Friday night, and for most of its run, Family Matters was the first in in the lineup. It came on at eight o'clock, so I knew I had to have my Pizza Hut slices in hand, ready for Family Matters and the theme song and everything. And I feel like Family Matters and Full House like worked together so well back to back. It was almost like if the Beatles and Rolling Stones mm. toured together. That's not an over exaggeration. <laughs> Uh, but during that time, Steve Urkel was just such a huge thing. Yeah, like crazy. there were there was tons of Urkel merchandise, like the talking doll and the Urkel O's cereal, and even like the Urkel dance, yeah. do mm-hmm. the Urkel. Yep. And I feel like even my mom would be like, "Hey, when does Urkel come on?" Yeah. Like like nobody it became the name of the show. Yeah, nobody yeah. knew it as Family Matters. It was called, called the Urkel. Urkel Show. Yeah. And the funny thing was he was only supposed to appear in the once in the first episode yeah. and everybody liked him so much they made him a regular character. Oh, I don't know if I realized that that he wasn't going to be a permanent staple. Yeah, he was just kind of a side character yeah. for the fr- you know first little bit and then he suddenly became the star of it. Yeah. Wow. And there's rumors and stuff that the casts were like, you know, they had to deal with jealousy or whatever yeah. over it and because but, it was a wow. totally different show. It was. With. Yeah, if you watched that the first couple seasons it was very much a different show and they had a third child. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> mysteriously disappeared and they yeah. never That's very about they just wrote her out yep. and That's I don't true. think most people know this but Family Matters started off as a spinoff of Perfect Strangers uh, Harriet Winslow was the elevator operator on Perfect Strangers, yeah. and then that spun off onto Family which I Matters. didn't, huh. yeah, which I didn't know until you mentioned that a couple yeah. of days ago to me, which that kind of blew my mind because I loved per- Perfect Strangers as well. That was in consideration for me. Huh. And I feel like Steve Urkel is kind of like the Nick Fury of the TGIF extended universe <laughs> because, like, he he appeared on Full House, he appeared on Step by Step, and he even was mentioned as Corey Matthews' pen pal in one episode. Oh my goodness, so it's like man. he he just like made his like rounds around there. Well, I'm. I mean, you kind of feel bad a little bit for Jaleel White because I mean that was it. I mean, once he did Urkel, it was like nobody could see him as anything else. Yeah, uh, I know he did the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, but that yeah. was that's all I can remember. Yeah. That, also that's the thing a, about most of these shows; they just killed careers because everybody, especially the, him, because everybody just knew him as Urkel. Yeah. So if he tried to do anything else other than Stefan, then nobody liked yeah. him. Sorry, Jaleel White. Yeah. So the last one I'm going to mention is uh, going to piggyback right off of that. I had to mention Full House. Yeah. And we've mentioned it a couple times, but um, not Fuller House though. Not Fuller House. Okay. Although that's up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a thing. It's the Rolling Stones. It is really. a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. But Full House, I-, I had to mention it just because, as a kid in that time, I mean, watched I watched every single episode two or three times over, and loved that show. I remember when the last episode was airing 
I made sure to record it because I think my brother had a little league game we all had to go to or something. Okay. I, I think I learned – well, no, I probably didn't learn it for this. But I, I by this time, I learned how to operate a VCR and set a timer for it to oh, start yeah. recording. And With the VCR I, plus? I was <laughs> – yes. Betamax? <laughs> I was so excited to see this episode wow. and watch it after it aired. And it was a two-parter. And Michelle had, like, amnesia. It was very yeah, soap thought, opera. She fell off a horse or something. <laughs> fell, off a, fell off a horse. <laughs> Kicked by a mule. And they, they ended up using both twins in oh, the yeah. same scene. So oh, right, right. It was yeah. one of those – but and, and it went way past its prime, too. But um, it was just a show that was so – I mean, it was so such a staple in my young life. Mm-hmm. One of the original sitcoms that I really latched on to. So, yeah. I mean, we could, again, talk on and on about Full House, but I'm sure yeah. everyone listening to this. But <laughs> what's interesting, really... like kind of similar to Fresh Prince, like both of those shows had lots of generations living in the same household. Yeah. Which I yep. just wonder, like, yep. if that is that a thing that our brains like passively took in and be like, I mean... It's like they all he, lived in the same house. So like, even I'll though, just never move out. Even now. though Uncle Jesse had a family, he just they lived still in lived the there. attic. Yeah. <laughs> they still ended up living there with their kids. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought that was an interesting uh, anecdote. Yeah. yeah. So. Good stuff. All right. Well, that wraps it up. We are a little bit over time. But uh, thanks for hanging with us. And let us know the sitcoms that you guys loved growing up. Hit us up at PassForwardCast on Twitter. PassForwardCast at AOL.com for emails. And then we are PassForwardCast on Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias. You Well, not all of them, but still. A good the, the, yeah. The, yeah, so Not on Snapface. Not on Snapface yet. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for joining in with us. And um, I guess until next time. Ohio! Ohio! How rude. Can you add some reverb to that? <laughs> I will. I will. Reverb. Later, snorks. Later, snorks. <laughs>